Hello and welcome back to the Karmic Club Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Padron, and in this podcast, we talk about spirituality, self-development, love, life, death, and everything else in between. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a hypnotherapist and meditation coach. So welcome to the show, Vera Dyer. Hello, Gabby. Um, So you put me under a hypnosis yesterday, which I'm super excited to share But I kind of want to know a little bit about um, your background, how you got into um, hypnotherapy and um, why hypnotherapy. So I was an event staffing business owner before, Mm -hmm. and I, to put it nicely, hated it. (laughs) I hated everything about it. But the interesting thing was that I, I didn't even realize how much I hated it. I was in a place of just deep suffering and very misaligned. And um, part of my journey, I started practicing meditation about 10 years ago. And I was then introduced to kind of the concept of the power of the mind, but I hadn't been exposed to hypnosis yet. And in the process of growing my business, I reached a plateau and then I went to a hypnotherapist. And that process was very transformational for me. Yeah. So wait, what um, what made you go to a hypnotherapist? Like, how did you find out about this? Because I didn't even know about it until I saw you on TikTok. And I'm like, I have oh, to reach really? out. You didn't know about it. Oh, so well, cool. I knew about it. I just didn't know like the ins and outs of it. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about right. It, so, well, so um. I had always had a deep calling to hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So part of it, I'm not even sure what my first experience of it was, but I remember I read like in high school, a book called Hypnosis for Dummies. Okay. I was like, and I don't know why I was just like deeply fascinated by it. Um, And I think so it was still kind of in the background of my head. I think I had seen a TV show probably around the time that I actually went to see the hypnotherapist, but I had always been reading books about it. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bruce Lipton, Mm -mm. but he's a guru in the space and I read books by him. So I just like had been introduced just to this power of the mind. And when I reached the plateau in my business, I knew it was psychological. I knew it wasn't because of knowledge or um, other things. I knew that I had like a psychological barrier. So I think that that's what made me want to go see a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. And it was just really transformational. The whole process was very enlightening. And I was able to grow my business more, which was in some ways good, in some ways bad, because then I was just like stuck in running my company and I didn't want to be. Um, So that was kind of what drew me to it. And then when the pandemic hit and it killed my business, which liberated me. So Mm -hmm. it was a good and a bad thing. I was able to have downtime to explore more of like, what do I really love? What resonates with me? What makes me happy? And I was like, I could do what that hypnotherapist did. And so I started getting certified and it was just a process and I'm falling in love with it more and more every day. Yeah. So that's funny that you bring that up because I feel like COVID did that for a lot of people. Like I feel like for me as well. Um, But can you kind of break down what hypnosis is for people listening? Yeah, of course. And sorry, my dog just started crying. So 
Sorry, you can hear in the background. Um, so hypnosis is basically, I like to think of it as, all right, come here. Oh, oh my God. She's spicy right now, but she's like crying. So, um, so hypnosis is, you have a goal in mind, whereas in meditation, there is no goal. In meditation, what we're really trying to do is just grow compassion with our thoughts, mm -hmm. sit in conscious awareness. Hypnosis, there is a hard and fast goal. Somebody will come sometimes with very concrete goals. Like I am terrified of bridges and I need to get over this. <laughs> so we utilize a lot of the same concepts of relaxing the mind, relaxing the body, but then we're also getting into a high focus state and using basically our attention in conjunction with visualization techniques, um, feeling sensations in the body, triggering sometimes even fear responses to kind of unwire certain things. If it's a fear response, things that we're trying to untangle or getting ourselves to a place of gaining things such as mm -hmm. confidence or whatever the client's goals are. But Confident. it's the thing about hypnosis is you have you're using altered states of consciousness to get a goal. Yeah. Okay. So I think before I was just like, I wasn't scared of it. I just wasn't sure what to expect. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things like you're, you're out of, like out of control of what's going on. And I was very much aware yesterday of everything that was going on. So I really enjoyed everything <laughs> yesterday, but I want to kind of break down like how I felt yesterday and the process of like what you were talking about, because I, I think um, like, I'm curious if you, your people that you work with, your clients have experienced the same things. Mm -hmm. um, but when you were walking me through the process of relaxation and then like closing my eyes and keeping them shut, there was a time in me that I felt like panic. Like I was kind of actually scared. Like I was like, oh my God, like I would like wanted to open my eyes because I was like almost like a, getting very anxious. Um, but I think that was just like me coming inside of my body and like really like sitting down with myself, which right. was like an eye open. And then I had to like really take myself and I was like, okay, look, like it's fine. Calm down everything. Just relax. <laughs> but there, there was a period of time of like a little bit of anxiety going through that. Do you have a meditation practice? Yes. So don't, do you feel like that sometimes when you first sit down yeah. to meditate, depending on, okay. Was yeah. it different than that experience in certain ways? Or? It was a little different. I think I may have gotten a little bit deeper into like my body and myself when you did it. Mm. Um, so that was like, it was very helpful, like walking through the process of everything. Mm. But at that point, and then, and then after I calmed down, everything was fine and it was great, but that one little bit of anxiety, I was like, oh my God, am I okay? Am I okay? I'm like starting to freak out a little bit, but it was really just facing myself that I think that that was like giving me a little bit of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that before though? I'm curious. I haven't, but you know what? It could be that somebody just hasn't shared that with me before. Yeah. To me, that makes like, that makes a lot of sense, especially when I'm stressed out. And that when I sit down to meditate, Sometimes when you're very disturbed, very uncomfortable, it is uncomfortable to sit down and meditate. There is no yeah. escape. You want yeah. to even just convince yourself that you need to 
get a glass of water or go to the bathroom. There's that all the time. Did I turn off my app? Anything because you're settling the mind and settling yeah. the body. And that's the natural response is to freak out. But I've never heard anyone say that. But I I would imagine people have felt like that. They just haven't said anything. Yeah. No, I it was really interesting for me because I really like felt like I was facing like my inner demons, as they say, you know, mm-hmm. and that was like it was really helpful. But like past then, I think um I really started to feel into my body. Like I, my head got really heavy, my heart, I started like really feeling into it Mm -hmm. and everything you were saying really resonated. I felt amazing afterwards. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So how many sessions do people usually um, do? So it depends on what the issue is, because if it's something concrete, like the fear of going over in a bridge, Mm -hmm. that's going to be like a hard and fast, probably like three, depending on three to maybe like six sessions, maybe eight. But if your goal is something more like just building confidence or, which is a huge one or social anxiety, a lot of people come in with social anxiety. I think that's, especially post pandemic, it's a very common, um, fear people have that might take more but typically what happens with clients and this is true of life because we are in earth school and things are going to come up they have one thing and it's like whack-a-mole like then you will have new problems that you need to (laughs) address and so it's kind of a never-ending cycle of just new issues to clear out and then bigger problems or higher value type problems so it just it depends on what gotcha. so is it like something that you do like how often is this practice depends on the client um it can be weekly but what I like to do is give people recordings so they can do th- some of the work at home mm-hmm. or like on their own um but usually weekly to bi-weekly okay got it perfect yeah so I know that there are do you ever get clients that are super Um, like scared going into the process? Because I know that there's a lot of like outside, like you can't feel any control or. Or just stage hypnosis. People think that like there's this thing or the concept of mind control. Mm -hmm. People think that, and that once you're in hypnosis, somebody can start to say certain commands to you. And then it's like, they've lost all control. Um, and it's not like that. So your subconscious mind does have the ability to accept or reject any command. And even the concept of mind control, I'm very into cults and that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, people don't realize that there's a lot of multiple factors at play. First, somebody has to be in a certain mental state, usually a certain age range. Um, usually they eliminate all contact somebody has with their support network. Those things aren't happening in hypnosis. You're coming in for usually an hour. The person Mm -hmm. is putting you under, you have an agreed upon goal, but um, you're still very much in control. And I'm sure you felt that when you were like, it's a process for the both of us. And so I'm asking you to imagine certain things, but I don't know what you're imagining even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know (laughs) how much you remember of the hypnosis, but it's like, 
that process that you were going through was deep, deeply personal. I couldn't see inside your mind. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any control over what's going on. You're still in full control. Okay. Like you are handing the person the master keys to rewire their own brain. Yeah. But the person who's doing it, your hypnotherapist or your hypnotist is just your guide. They're your guide, but you are the one that's in the driver's seat calling the shots. So is there anything that you pay attention to while you're doing the hypnotherapy? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so I'm you're curious. paying attention to, and I don't know how much, I don't usually like to say this because I don't want the person to get too much in their own head. Right. But I mean, for the sake of just sharing information, um, you're paying attention to the respiratory rate. You're paying attention to even their facial expressions or something called the hypnotic mask mm -hmm. that will typically occur when somebody's hypnotized. You're paying attention to their eyelids. When somebody goes into hypnosis, just like when they're dreaming, their eyelids will start fluttering sometimes. Really? Their eyeballs will start moving really quickly back and forth. Oh. Um, just little signals like that you're looking for. There's also something that you can do you typically do this with like a client that you're going to have multiple sessions with you set up subconscious signals so finger twitching so you can they you can communicate with their subconscious and like oh wow they'll awesome. start twitching so it's i mean there's things that you can do for sure to establish that but in terms of just watching to see if somebody's hypnotized i'm looking usually at respiratory rate hypnotic mask and just little, there's so many little subtleties, shoulders dropping. Cause generally when somebody's anxious, their shoulder, you know, yeah. they'll come in, their shoulders <laughs> like this. They're usually talking really quickly before a session, um, breathing shallow. And of a session, people usually don't talk at all. Yeah. <laughs> they usually just open their eyes and like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, me. Things, you everyone's like that. Like yeah. every single person. And then sometimes they'll loosen up and say a couple things, but I've never had someone come out and just start. Yeah, no, I was excited <laughs> to share today because I was like so out of it yesterday when after you yeah, had yeah. done it. But but like it's a good like, out of it, I think, right? Yes, 100 percent Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I felt so peaceful and like like calm for the rest of the day I but that. I know you really did a number <laughs> is this a um 100 success rate like what is the outcome of hypnosis Ooh. I mean that would be if I feel like if a hypnotist ever said that that would be off <laughs> yeah you should run the other way if somebody's like 100 percent success rate um it's higher and in general the statistics for hypnosis are really high mm -hmm. in terms of success rates, but the way I would phrase it is it's like anything you work on, um, you just have to continue to put in the work afterwards. And it, again, it really has to do with what the goal is. If it's a mm -hmm. concrete fear, that can typically like you'll bulldoze through that and you'll never go back when it's something like a bridge or um, spiders or, you know, something. Yeah. But when it's something like confidence or social anxiety or something that's 
let's say you're 40 years old and it's been there your whole life. Like, no, you're not going to go in and then quick fix <laughs> sessions later, it's just going to be changed. But um, the success rates are high. It's typically supposed to be a lot quicker than traditional psychotherapy. I, I'm hesitant to say something like that though, because I don't want people to come for it. <laughs> Or no, no, I, I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> come for me all they want. Um, it's just, I don't want to perpetuate misinformation or instill false hope in people. It's more yeah. like I want to share correct information. And so um, it is supposed to be higher. And if you think about it, it does make sense because you're really working on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that work, Instead of when you go into therapy, have you done traditional therapy yeah. before? Uh, yeah, me too. Many, many years. <laughs> you know, you go in and you're talking from your thinking mind. And the more you talk and think about your problems, the more you're almost instilling them. That's also even why in hypnosis, we are careful not to get the person to talk too much about what the problem is, to talk mm -hmm. about what they want instead. Love so that. if you come in and you're like, oh, I have so much anxiety. It's like, okay, describe your anxiety. And then the more you talk about it, the more you'll feel yeah. it. You'll start to feel it. <laughs> you're manifesting. It. Yeah, you're exactly. Yes. But yeah. if you say, okay, well, what do you want instead? I want peace. I want feelings of safety. I want, so I think just doing that kind of framework, which is what hypnosis is built upon is part of the reason why it's so much more successful than traditional forms of therapy. Cause I was in therapy for, and I'm still in therapy. I mean, yeah, I will yeah. always be in therapy. I think therapy is great. I'm not downing therapy, but I think that um, people, it's a good way to just have like a comprehensive approach to your mental health and your goals. Yeah. For your life. I think it's really interesting that you put it that way, because for me in the past, like doing therapy didn't really work out too much. And I'm, I have like a very positive mindset most of the time. So like talking about my problems all the time, I'm like, I don't even want to do this. Like yeah, you putting it like that, that makes so much sense. Why like yesterday I felt like so much better about it because we were working on like positivity. So yeah. Love and that's that. why I'm a huge fan of positive psychology in general. Mm -hmm. I think there was a point in college where I thought I wanted to study psychology and had there been a field called positive psych, I would have definitely gotten my degree in that. Um, mm -hmm. But positive psychology, instead of, because in traditional psychology, what you're really doing is, especially when you go into see a psychiatrist, I feel like they're looking at you and they're just like, analyzing all the things that could be going wrong yeah. and in psychology in general it's like you have all these mental disorders that people can be diagnosed with and all these things sorry my <laughs> left her outside I'd never have her in the room with for hypnotherapy appointments but um with positive psych what they did is they started analyzing and studying okay what are the happiest people doing how are they living their lives what are they eating? What kind of language do they use when they're talking? What is their day-to-day -day life look like? And in general, I gravitate a lot more to that, that lens of looking at life. And when you see a hypnotherapist, when somebody comes in to see me, I look at them as somebody who is spiritual perfection, 
who has an unlimited pool of resources mm -hmm. just below their conscious mind and who the only thing they're lacking is creativity right and they're just on the cusp of change they're just on the cusp you're just there to like lightly blow the feather that's already <laughs> like a yeah like that's the way and that's how i like to like now that i see that i'm like i need to find a therapist who has some kind of education and positive psych not just yeah abnormal psych and what can go wrong and all that kind of stuff yeah no so i was like recently i went to a psychic off topic but she was, oh, no. she was like have you like been thinking about doing like therapy or self-help and I was like yeah kind of and then she's like um probably not therapy like I think that's like more traumatic and she's like that probably wouldn't work for you I'm like it hasn't worked for me so oh really so what yeah. was what was your what were you working on I'm curious to hear a little bit about yeah yourself. wait as far as what when you like, went why did I go to a psychic yeah oh <laughs> I always were go. you just intrigued by the whole process I, yeah I'm like so curious about like people with like such deep intuition I me and my friend go like probably like at least twice a year just to like really? check in on our lives <laughs> she's great she's awesome but Very I just wanted to know like about my life what I need to work on she's really good at like breaking down what it is you need to work on to get to your highest good so that's why I like going to her she like points out your issue <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but it's good. I like it. But so I also wanted to talk about the reason I actually found you is obviously TikTok. I feel like I find everyone on TikTok, but the video in particular that I came across was the one that you were repeating yes and no and letting your body um, like go backwards and forwards. So I'm curious, um, like, how did you learn that? Or like, how did, can you like kind of explain a little bit more? Yeah, so the funny thing about that video is I feel like a lot of people also misinterpreted it. <laughs> yeah, they, um, of course. I feel so like everyone does. I took this, it's kind of like a complicated process and tried to boil it down in a 60 second video. But I learned about it through hypno, like my hypnotherapy certification courses. Mm -hmm. And it's a concept called idiomotor theory. Um, or there's a couple other phrases for it, but basically your unconscious mind. So if I were to ask you, where do you think your subconscious mind is? Like point to it. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not trying to trick you. You're oh like, yeah, no, I think that's, I, I like when you put me on the side. <laughs> um, I would say like my head more so. So most people will point to their head, to the mm -hmm. right side of their head, or they'll point to the back of their head. Very oh. rarely does someone point to their body, but your unconscious mind resides very much in your body. And so if you start to say, so in that video, what I ask people to do is to stand. And also you have to, I would say it's best to do this after meditation. So if you are able to kind of get yourself settled, stand firmly with both of your legs, with weight distributed evenly on both of the legs, and just repeat yes, 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 over and over again. Most people will start to sway to a side, lean forward, lean back, or even do circular motions. So Ooh. the point is you keep saying it and you're trying to establish the idiomotor signal in the body. 
what does the body do when you say yes over and over? Most people lean forward for the most part. It's like 90% of people. I haven't tried it. I should have tried it after the video. Oh, really? You didn't even try it? <laughs> no, I want to do it. I'm like scared though. Like, no, but it's, the thing is, so that's the thing is, it's not scary. What are you scared of? What, I like, what, what I think is potential fear? I don't know the thought of it. Just like, <laughs> I don't know what exactly it is that freaks me out, but I'm going to try it though. I'm going to try it. So it's interesting when people say things about being freaked out by that, because I almost think that when somebody's like scared of that, it's like, why would it be scary to develop more self-awareness? There's nothing (laughs) bad that can happen from it. You know, it's like you say the word yes. And a lot of people, they might not feel anything because there are a lot of people commenting like, am I broken? It's like, no, (laughs) if it doesn't work for you don't use oh it yeah um and then or to say no 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 over and over again and then let's say you lean back and then you can ask yourself questions like not to see into the future but maybe ask yourself something like do i want to be dating this person do i want to move in with my significant other even that question's a little deep but it could be do i want a salad for dinner yeah <laughs> No, you leave it <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> um, there's also other applications I've seen people use for it where they will hold food afterwards because then you can see how your body, your unconscious mind Ooh. responds to foods. Because there's so many times that people will say, for example, that they have a lot of anxiety, and it's like, okay, well, how do you feel your anxiety? Oh, I have heart palpitations, my heart starts racing then you get behind it and they're like, it always happens every day around noon. Okay. What happens before that? Um, I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day, about two hours before that. It's like, okay, well you're allergic to peanuts. Maybe <laughs> you don't have anxiety. It's just that your body responds. A lot of times when you are allergic to something, your body responds with an elevated heart rate. So, wow. okay. I did like, not know that. Just figuring I'm, I'd say in general, self-awareness is such a good thing. It will only make you a happier person if you start to just develop more awareness around your body, what you really want. Because you know what's way more scary is not knowing. It's way more scary when you're like, oh, I don't know if I really should be dating this person. And you start to be unaligned and disconnected from truth. So really what the whole purpose of that video, I always try to come up with what is my bigger intention with posting any video? I don't want it just, I, that's why sometimes I don't post things for a while. It's like, unless I'm really clear on my intention, not just like, I think this video will be interesting. It'll get a lot of views. It's like, yeah, the bigger purpose behind that video was I want people to develop more self-awareness. And being more in tuned with their bodies and what your body does and how connected your body is to your mind. You know, your body really will respond by leaning forward when leaning into something. It's even like symbolically very true. When you're saying yes, 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 you'll like move forward in life. That's so crazy. I think honestly, I think having you explain this, I think I know what it is. It's that when, if there's a big decision that I need to make Mm -hmm. and say that I would do that for it, I feel like I would sway the way that I want it to be instead of actually trusting my. But that's, 
then you're swaying the way you want it to be. Then you want it to be that way. Yeah, but is it, <laughs> then you want that is it, like, is it the best outcome though? You know? But that's the thing is this isn't like fortune telling. There's no saying what's the best that's outcome true. because you're, you're never going to be able to predict all the factors that go into something. Yeah. But it's about being really aligned and in tuned with what you really want. And yeah. so if you're leaning a certain way, because I think a lot of people also don't, they're disconnected from what they want because they can be people pleasers or, you know, there's a whole host of things. So just developing that awareness of if you really want it, then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to really try this it. though, especially with the food thing. I think that was really interesting that you brought up, but um, I also wanted to talk, you mentioned before that you were host of a dating show. <laughs> Yeah. I, it's so funny because afterwards I was like, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't even No, I love that. Post. I mean, like, so I was, a, yeah, I mean, like me and we co-hosted it. Yeah. Okay. So what was, what was it again? You don't have to say if you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, it, it. nothing came of it. It didn't end up getting picked up, but the concept was and um, I'm sure a lot of people, it's going to sound so outdated because this was like 10 years ago. So it was a concept of tech, the emergence of tech and dating. And now there is no separation between the two. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> but back then there was a clear um, distinct and distinction between the two. And it was just, um, it was, we talked about things like dating apps, mm -hmm. which now people pretty much are only dating on dating apps, but at the time it was kind of, yeah. So I know it's so crazy. It's so outdated, but, um, yeah, I love everything about human beings in general. I mm -hmm. find human beings, human behavior fascinating. So I, I find dating wildly fascinating. I'm married and I have been with my man for a very long time, but, um, and maybe that's part of it is I'm slightly voyeuristic, but <laughs> I find the concept like of dating just wildly fascinating, especially yeah. from a psychological perspective, because if you, when you're dating, you are very aware of what your triggers are. And I think <laughs> if you really want to up your growth game in general, just going on dates and then even analyzing, okay, what turned me off? And then going a step further and thinking about like, why did that turn me off? Why did I get mm. so triggered by that? What, you know, like I find yeah. dating wildly fascinating. And wait, so way. how are there people that come to you as clients and want to work on that aspect? Um, like how to, how has that changed um, people? Yes, because, and, but it's interesting because I only have one kind of client that comes to me with that. <laughs> Actually, sometimes it kind of fascinates me because all my clients seem to fit certain demographics. And one of them is all of them are divorced. Mm -hmm. I don't have any single, single clients. All wow. of them are people who were in a marriage and it ended either really, really recently or within like all of them within the past like five years are newly, somewhat newly divorced. Yeah, I feel like when people go through like breakups and especially divorces, I feel like it's natural to want to seek help after that. And obviously. And divorce is a trauma. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, like the fact that you made vows 
to spend your life with somebody. And I don't think that we really give it kind of the attention it needs in our culture mm -hmm. and to treat it as a trauma because it very much is a trauma. And for the most part, when people go through divorces, they become the worst versions of themselves. I'm not talking about like my clients. I'm talking about also like the other person. So that it's usually the divorce situation in itself is like the two worst versions of people battling it out. And you used mm -hmm. to love that person and spend your life with them. And I think a lot of people are hesitant to go back into dating after experiencing a trauma, a dissolution of marriage. It's yeah. big deal. Have you been able to like help someone through that? Like how, how is that? How long of a process is that? Do you think? I haven't. Um, I also wouldn't, I would say I wouldn't be qualified to really assist someone through that process, but um, I can at least get people to a place of wanting love in their life again, being in tune with their own love. Um, but for the most part, I haven't. And I would imagine that that's a long yeah. process, um, depending, but again, depending on the divorce and the relationship and also just how quickly somebody is willing to move on from it. Um, but yeah, I haven't done. Is that something like if the willingness, do you think that that plays a big part in hypnosis? Yes, it yeah. is. So, I mean, that's one of the factors is they have to believe in it. So that's part of willingness is there has to be that belief and that trust and the willingness to let go. Because if you are there, like you even said that when you closed your eyes, you tapped in, you started feeling that feeling of anxiousness or panic or however you described it. But mm -hmm. you at one moment turned to yourself and you were like, okay, you had to like calm yourself down. Yeah. And basically ask yourself to surrender to the process which is a form of willingness so I think that everyone that comes in has to be willing to kind of you know dive into their own internal state yeah consciousness and if they're not willing to do it, it and they're just sitting there and if they're panicked and they decide I don't want to be doing this I don't want to be doing this yeah absolutely 100% not work like there's so many people has that ever happened to you no because that's part of um like I offered it to you right yeah and uh in general and as, when I first started practicing too I would ask people can I practice on you oh. um <laughs> it still always works but let's say if I ask somebody and they're like yeah but they were only doing it because they liked me or they were, you know, family member or friend. Um, it probably wouldn't have worked. But when somebody's coming to me, they're coming to me to be hypnotized. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, <laughs> I guess I didn't think about it. paying money and you are seeking out a hypnotist. That's, you've already pretty much adhered to the willingness component of it. Um, Except one, I did one time have a client that wasn't, and it was very interesting because um, they, were, they were explaining their like religious background. And then they said, so I can't do hypnosis. And I was so confused. I was like, well, what, why'd you come here? Like, while you were doing it? What? 
no before the session they're like oh, so okay. can't do. i was like all right well <laughs> my, my job here is what you, what you exactly have in mind i mean i also do um coaching and nlp but i like to always be able to mix in the hypnotic part of it as well it's just okay. so you can still do change work but um yeah i haven't ran into somebody yet and in in general usually what i do because you said beforehand you're like i don't know if i'm hypnotizable yeah. So, which is common. So I usually do a hypnotic test beforehand. So we can just, just see if somebody's hypnotizable, mm -hmm. but, um, I just, I intuitively was like, she's hypnotizable. <laughs> I was like, she got this. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I just had misconceptions about it and I wasn't sure what to expect, but knowing now what the process is and it was very much like a guided meditation and I do that all the time so it was very easy to like get deep into it quickly well there's also a an important thing to distinct because a lot of people will say things like oh um like I'm not hypnotizable and I think what they're saying you weren't saying this by the way so don't take this <laughs> what they're saying what other people are saying is like they almost think that it means you're you're like uh weak you know, like they're almost like, oh, I don't think I'm hypnotizable because they're trying to say like, I'm too strong-willed. Like you can't do that to me. Like that's not, oh, okay. like I'm not. But being hypnotizable actually is like a form of intelligence because it means that you have the ability to sustain your focus. So for somebody to be hypnotizable, they typically do have to be intelligent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they have to be able to sustain their focus on, on something. Yeah. Um, they have to be able to be imaginative. And I could tell if you're a creative person, typically you're more hypnotizable. So if you are able to carry a conversation, if you are able to be sustain your focus on something, if you are artistic, actors and actresses are typically are very hypnotizable, for example. So there's certain characteristics that I can usually tell right away, but if somebody comes in and I don't suspect that, like I can't see those things right off the bat, there's short tests you can do to see okay. if somebody's hypnotizable. Wait, is that what we did yesterday? <laughs> no, no, I did. Oh, okay. yeah, I was like, <laughs> did you think that was just a short test? No, you, no. How long did it feel like you were being hypnotized for? It was so quick. It felt very quick. How long was it? I think it was 40 minutes. Oh, wow. That felt like probably 15. Really? Yeah, it was, it was not. That's interesting. That's another. Do you notice the same thing though, when you were being hypnotized, like the, the time went quickly. Oh, you know, what's funny now that I am a hypnotist. Um, my hypnotist wasn't very good. <laughs> like you know like now that I practice it I'm like oh it'd be so funny if she listened to this and she's like That's, that is so but it, because it was about her sessions were usually about like 10 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. um and it would just be she induced me then it would be a monologue and then mm -hmm. she would pull me out of it and so the induction would be like I don't know like three to four minutes Oh, wow. And just her saying stuff and then pulling me out. Whereas I do more of like a deeper induction and usually it's conversational. Like it's very rarely that I just induce yeah. someone and just saying things to them and then pulling them out. 
And it's funny because a lot of times people don't realize one of the common things that happens, sorry if this is like off topic, but it oh, actually nice. happened recently. So um, somebody came in and during the pre-talk, she was literally like in meetings and I was confused. I was looking at her because I'm trying to pay attention a lot to someone on Zooms. I'm always not looking at the screen because I yeah. find it sometimes distracting that I'm on the screen with you as well. <laughs> so it helps me. Yeah, I don't want to look at myself. <laughs> you know, it's, I should take that thing off, but um. I'm typically paying a lot of attention to somebody's like subtleties. Mm -hmm. And so I'm paying attention to her eyes kept like looking away and looking somewhere else and focused. And I was like, what? And then she's like, oh, I'm in meetings and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what are you <laughs> expecting to happen during the hypnosis? And then she's like, oh, well, once you got started, then I was going to go like lay down on the couch and I wish people understood like a huge part of it is the pre-work because even though we all speak English, people have a completely different way that they use the English language and certain words mean completely different things to certain people. So you have to make sure that you're doing the work from their frame of reference of the English language, you know? So it's like, I, I was curious when you said that, what you meant, but it, it's starting to make sense now. <laughs> so I can give you concrete examples. Like, let's say that I started inducing somebody and I started saying things like, and you're just filled with so much pride. And like, and I kept talking about pride and that person has, they think of pride as a bad thing. Mm. And then they're like, but I don't want to be filled with pride. So it's like, you have to talk to someone and see, okay, what do you want? What like, so okay. little, so like the keywords, the keywords. And also you want to make sure without asking them, sometimes I like get to it straight up and ask them, but like, even also figuring out what their trauma could be. Mm -hmm. Because if I said, for example, I was working with somebody and somebody had trauma and I started telling them, so, and your body gets loose and limp, like a rag doll, loose and limp, like a rag doll. And they have trauma of holding a rag doll and getting <laughs> abused by their parents, you know, like that's You're like, no, so, yeah, exactly. Get out of <laughs> you have to really uncover those types of things in the pre-work. So I think too, a lot of times, even with guided meditations, people will like, they'll just be like, well, what's the difference between that and me just listening to a guided meditation? It's like, well, you, your hypnotic practitioner is going to be working with you. So all the words that are in it are words that resonate with you, are words that aren't going to trigger you. Um, also, people have different ways of relaxing. For example, um, if you want to get somebody can't visualize something let's say mm -hmm. and I'm then I start to try to paint a picture in their mind of something of this relaxing place but they can't visualize something that's going to be frustrating for them that's not going to be relaxing oh them. I see so there's so many like little subtleties that go into hypnosis that and you don't want the person to be thinking about those things either. It's yeah. like, that's my job. Like I always tell people like, you can, all, all you have to do is just show up and show up sober. <laughs> you know, that's it. I'm sure there'll be yeah. a day where 
it'll be the opposite. It's like, show up on these psychedelics. But like for now, it's like, just show up. So oh my God. Well. I can't even imagine doing that on psychedelics. I think that would be really interesting. I think that would be really interesting. <laughs> I feel like I could probably like conquer anything after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there will be psychedelic practitioners that will know exactly what they're doing, what to dose to the person. Wow. So what a world to be living in <laughs> one day hopefully. what a time <laughs> what a time to be alive for sure well we are running up on time but I have a couple like quick fire questions oh, okay what the first thing that comes to your head Ooh. um don't right. think too much about it <laughs> I'm sure you got this okay so what advice would you give to your 20 year old version of yourself or someone in your their yeah. 20s Oh my God. But I would give so much advice okay. to my own 20 year old version. Okay. For your own self. Then. But, um, well, I, the advice I'd give to, okay. Just like a generic version, uh, would be don't, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. And you have all the time in the world. It's not that serious. I feel like people, especially in their twenties, your whole twenties and you're in your twenties, right? I mean, not like it matters, but <laughs> Your twenties are supposed to be marked with existential angst and turmoil. That's part of the process. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who was like, even though people were like, the twenties were the best time of your life. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun in your twenties, and your twenties yeah. are definitely <laughs> for that. But I really wish I understood like, and you're not gonna have it figured out. No one has it figured out. No one has it figured out. So yeah. I wish I just like. I real I wish I could just give my 20 year old self a hug and just be like <laughs> just chill. relax just enjoy the ride just enjoy it have fun and it's it's not that serious and also learn to meditate yes. <laughs> I love that no that's such a good answer I would accept that advice yeah. <laughs> um okay uh, next question if you had a message for a group of people um, like a large group of people, what message would you get across? It's kind of the same question, but different. Um, I, I think that's a little I, different. I see the subtlety there because it would be the, the most important thing is love. Love is the answer. Love and connection are mm-hmm. the most important thing for your happiness. And truly the only thing there is in this world is love. Just that's all that matters. Focus on love and connecting with other people. A sense like, and this is where the positive psychology thing comes into play. I know we're running into out of time, but I feel like this is very important. They've done a lot of studies on this in every culture. There's also a study, I think they renamed it, but it's the longest study they've done on happiness. It's called the Harvard men's study. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they renamed it because, you know, it doesn't sound very, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, there was all men in the study. But, um, the most important factor to your happiness is your sense of community and connection. That is the most important factor to your happiness in any age group. So focus less on trying to achieve and trying to get things and focus more on connecting and giving love. The more love you give out into the world, the more you will get back 
Mm-hmm. So just focus on love and connection. That's basically. That was actually my next question. I was going to ask, is it more important to love or to be loved? Uh, they're inextricably linked. They're, you can't separate the two. Yeah. Um, I think that it is impossible to pour love into the universe and not get it back. For sure. It may not be in the ways that you want. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's another thing. It's like maybe it won't be romantic love. I practice loving kindness meditation before I have a session. I literally stand there (laughs) and I pour love into the person I'm about to work with. I just imagine that I pour love into them. I think that just practicing meditating on love and focusing on love, like I have so much love in my life, and I know it's because I just that's all I do every day is just, I go on runs mm-hmm. and I literally, I don't know if you watched Care Bears when you were younger. Yeah. So you know how they do the Care Bear stare? Yes. And they were, <laughs> I've never admitted this to anyone before. So, <laughs> but when I go on runs, I live in San Francisco. It's a very busy city, especially the part I live in. I'll go on my run and then I'll go to this part that's busy. And I don't, no one needs to know that I'm doing this. I walk around with my hands like this. And I just imagine a beam of love and I look at people and I just pour love into them. Oh, and I'm so telling sweet. you afterwards, I feel so good. It feel, you know what I mean? It's like you're pouring love into people. You don't know. I don't know how energy works. I hope that it does something. Yeah, of course. In return. So that's, that's the message I would give to a group of people is just life is love. Wow. Okay. Last question. Um, if you could go back and change anything, would you, you know what, you know, everyone always says like, no, because then I wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. And maybe I'll regret saying this later and I'll be like, no, I wouldn't change anything, but yeah, I would, I would, you know, I'm not going to lie. I would change a couple things. I'd probably invest my money differently. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd go back and change. Okay. Well, that's fair. Those things are better. Yeah. <laughs> the key lessons though, I probably would not change though. I mean, honestly, I wish there were different ways to have learned them, but yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're in so much hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> some yeah. days I'm just like, I don't need to learn anything today. No more pain and suffering. But unfortunately, the way that life works is our pain is a luminous teaching and we learn so much more when things go wrong than yeah. when they go right. Without so, pain, there's no growth. Yeah, true. Unfortunately, we came here to experience pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the point. For sure. for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I definitely want to book another session with you. And anytime anyone, seriously, anyone that wants to do this, this is your girl for real. <laughs> thank you so much again. Such a pleasure. Have a great day. If you guys would like to book a top tier hypnosis experience with Vera, I will link her information in the description box below in whichever platform you are listening to this podcast on. Thank you so much for listening. That is it for this week's episode and I will see you guys next Tuesday.